Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Talking Fear the Walking Dead. I am one of your hosts all the way live from Los Angeles, California, Kente, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host. I'm going to start off with the one and only, they call him the captain, Captain Olaf Barbosa. Hey, how you all doing tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. So glad that you are here. You're back in uh, in, in uh, Indiana, right? Yeah, back in, it's like back in uh, lovely... Back home again in Indiana, yes. It's like uh, for uh, for for a couple three weeks. And then mm-hmm. I head back to Nashville, and then uh, back to Indiana, then to Chicago. All right, yep. So. And I'll see you there. I can't wait. It'll be. It'll where where are you going to? Na- uh, you said Tennessee, right? Nashville. Yeah. Where are you going there? Sorry to interrupt that. Uh, it's like, oh, back for my uh, second. Uh, oh, your second eye visit. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. And also joining us is the one and only Tori Rush. How you doing, Tori? I'm good. I'm good. This is a good episode. Yes, yes. We saw the floaters. About. Yeah. Oh, was we, was we supposed to watch that before we did this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I knew I something today. I've been busy. Uh, uh, all right. I'm bumping Olaf and bringing the brother back in. Not just playing. <laughs> 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 yeah, Kenneth, you're back in, bud. <laughs> did no. you take your memory pill today, Olaf? <laughs> no, it, no, he took them pills from that this episode. <laughs> And joining us is the one and only Oh He Tweeting. How you doing? Not bad. How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, uh, we're hey man, I'm really good. It's been a great, beautiful day. Uh I did do a podcast earlier in the day, uh talking Orphan Black, and now we're talking uh some Walking Dead. And uh Fear the Walking Dead, my bad. <laughs> Um, so let's get into this episode. It's called We All Fall Down. And, uh, you know, so much is going on. And we were talking in the pre-chat with Kenneth about, and I, this is the first place I want to start with. I want to start with Strand because Strand is, for me now, he's become the most interesting character because we don't know everything about him. We know a lot about Travis. We know a lot about Chris. We know a lot, you know, about the others. And and uh, Ruben uh, Daniel uh, Ruben Blades character Daniel Salazar, we don't know a whole lot about him yet because he still have more, um, you know, stuff to unravel. But we know quite a bit about him. But Strand is still a mystery. He has a he's a big question mark, and I'm looking very much so in finding out uh, about what's going on with him. And I want to first start off with I mentioned this. Yes, uh, uh, last week. Hey, uh, in, in the chat room, Kiwi. Uh, I remember this in the, in the chat room. I, I posed the question, you know, is that in fact his uh, boat? And people said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's his boat. But I think this week, obviously, we have more question about whether it is his boat. I don't know why anybody mm-hmm. doubts me at this point. I mean, it's obvious I know what I'm talking about. Uh, so, um, <laughs> but, you know, we are we are getting close to <laughs> we're getting close to the part where you know that the group is going to go head to head with with uh strand so he's a drug lord in the chat room so <laughs> so uh i want to start off there about you know daniel finding his little treasure chest 
uh, of information. And uh, what do you guys think that means? Because we really, you know, we kind of got a little bit there. And also his phone call was very interesting. It sounded kind of military, like something to do with the military. And I think, it might, was it you, Olaf, who suggested that he, he may have known something, you know, in that? So, yeah, yeah. It, there was something more. He knows more than what he's just letting on about. In other words, he's got far too much knowledge. And, of course, uh, like tonight, he let slip. Uh, like that boat was like a $10 million boat. So it's not, you know, he's very well funded somehow. Right. Uh, he's very well funded and very knowledgeable about things. Cause, uh, well, I don't know if you want to get into how much you want to get into right now, but uh, yeah, you know, we, so we're like, going to talk strand at first. Uh, okay. Well, you know, he made a comment that when they said that they got the log from that other yacht, and said that uh, San Diego was burned. And he's like, no, no, it can't be. It's He was like emphatic that it was still good. And then he looked at it and he said, well, they didn't even go ashore, so how do they know it was all burned up? Uh, and, you know, he was making comments like that, made that comment, and then that phone call was like, yeah, he's he's got more on, he's got more going than just, uh, you know, than he's letting on to. Mm-hmm. Now, now, you know, um, I'm going to ask uh, tweeting this. Um, now, remember, he was in the, the jail cells with uh, with um, Chris. I'm sorry, Nick. And uh, so the, the question is, did they ever really say, I don't know that they ever said exactly why he was locked up. Did you, do you guys recall that? No, not really. I just know he was just in there, and I think Nick may have asked him why he was in there, but it, they never really got down to it, or maybe Strand just like asked a question as to what happened, as to why he got caught. But right. yeah, I still don't think they ever, they ever got into it. Right, right. So yeah, he just kind of—I think when he was asked, he kind of skated past it with like, "Oh well, wrong place, wrong time," or something. There was never any real explanation why he was actually there but if you notice though he was never he was never seemed to be worried at all he was cool as a cucumber it seemed as if he knew at some point he was going to get out well i know part of it was because he did bribe you know some guards and stuff but he was but still though i'm still going to be a little worried are they going to honor their deal and all of that stuff but he seemed to be very cool and at, at ease with being in the you know locked up well but if you look at if you look at how he is, he's just very, he's very, you know, uh, methodical or, or not, maybe not methodical, but he's very driven in what he's doing. He's like, I'm going this way. I'm going to do this. He's very, you know, calculating of what he does. So for him not to be nervous, even sitting in that, you know, sitting in the lockup, that's, you know, to, to be expected of him not to be nervous because, He's just a very calculating, okay, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've got my ducks in a row, I'm good. So he's a very calculating, very, you know, you know, manipulating type person. So he wouldn't be worried. He's like, yep, I got this. Well, you know, shoot, Tupac was in jail, and I'm sure he was one of the coolest people I know. And I bet there were some nights where he was worried, you know, so, you know what I mean? Like, you could be real cool, but when you locked up, you know what I'm saying? Especially in the zombie apocalypse. You, you never show your fear. Right. You never well, show the fear. Yeah, that's what they tell you. <laughs> that's what they tell you. Hey, when, when you got you... a sidekick like uh, Nick, hey, you can't go wrong, especially after uh, what 
that happened from this past episode. Right. All right. So it's like a, so when you're in, when you're in lockup, you go up to the biggest guy there is, and you just you deck him, and then you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and ho- and pray that uh, he don't beat you to death. <laughs> with so your own you, arm yeah, that he ripped out of yeah, the socket. Yeah, you, <laughs> that sounds pray, like a good plan. You pray that you knock his ass out and you can run fast enough not to get caught by him. <laughs> uh, you know, it's so fun. Well, Mike Tyson said everyone has a plan until they get hit. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, let's see. In our chat room, it says Strand dies in the next episode, according to the comic book. Oh wait, there's no comic book. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, this is not based on any kind of comic book material. Now, um, now Daniel, you know, Daniel found a, a cache of uh, of what seems to be incriminating evidence, and unfortunately, we didn't really get to see what it was. There were some maps. It was a, a you know a assault weapon. And some, you know, some other things. And uh, I'm thinking, like, if he's trying to keep that, you know, hidden, you know, would you be able to just uh, unlock it with a knife? You know, that seemed kind of a little too easy, even for, you know, Daniel to get into. But I guess, you know, we needed that, that to happen. And especially, and he, he left him there alone when he knew that he was, I, I mean, he was a little too cool, I think, that he just left Daniel in there by himself. Because he seemed to be so guarded about you know, you know, there, that room. And then he seemed to be just like, okay, I'm going to just leave Daniel there and no problems, you know? Well, but if you don't, if you don't want somebody to be nosing into things when they're in the room, in other words, you don't draw attention to that particular thing. Mm -hmm. And Daniel being to pop it Mm -hmm. open with a pocket knife, you got to remember where he came from is, you know, uh, as a, uh, you know, interrogator, uh, dude's got some skills other other than, you know, he's got some knife skills. So being able, him being able to pop something like that open with a knife is again, not really surprising because of his skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree, but it seemed a little bit on the easy side of the game, but you know, okay, well, you know, since you want, you want to buy that, we'll buy it. <laughs> but uh but I'm I'm really interested though to see how this is all going to play out because you know they they gave us a little insight into it uh they gave us a little insight into that there is going to be a, a moment of reckoning where they actually confront him so I'm really interested to see how that plays out so uh so I wanted to get Strand out of the way because Strand was a you know uh such a important you know figure in this season already and uh so I, i'm hoping that it works out where he stays on for for a while because i do like his character all right so let's get into the uh the, the main story and uh you know the group crash well they didn't crash they didn't crash they docked at this island and um so it was pretty obvious from the beginning that there was something afoot, <laughs> you know, uh, on the Island. And, uh, it, it kind of reminded me, I don't know if you guys ever seen this movie. Uh, when I guess it wasn't to this degree, but there was this movie that Harrison Ford did a long time ago called mosquito mosquito coast. Did you guys ever see that one where he had taken his family to like the, the to like a, uh, Island in the middle of nowhere. And they were living off the land and it was like river Phoenix was in it. And uh, the family wanted to go, you know, like the kids and the wife and the family, they wanted mm-hmm. to go. But daddy was like, no, we're going to stay here no matter what. 
even though like natives were attacking them and all of this crazy stuff. So it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. But, um, you know, uh, the, the, the whole, I, the thing that I want to ask, and, and I'm glad Tori's back and she is a mother. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, Mosquito Coast, uh, Mosquito Coast Shadow. You are a mother. Um, I don't know, you know, the, the idea that the mother wanted to, to have the, the two, uh, her two kids go with this family who she really didn't know about. What do you guys, what do you think about that in this uh, episode? I don't think she could kill them or watch her husband give them the pills. I don't think she could mentally or or emotionally handle that. Mm -hmm. So she would rather them go with somebody else and have a chance, Mm -hmm. have that slim chance of living, even though there's so many things out there. You know, she had a few days, she had like a day or two to judge these people, you know, and Everybody has kind of, I mean, people do surprise you, obviously, but you usually get a a first reading off of people, right? So, like, you know, like, you can tell usually if somebody's going to murder somebody or, like, has it in them, you know, like, the coldness. But, like, I think she judged especially, what's her name, uh... The, the main woman, there's Travis and what's her face? I always Maggie. forget her name. I don't know why. Uh, I want to say Maggie, and that's not no, right. Maddie. Uh, Maddie. 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 Okay, very similar. Okay. So I don't, not that I'm horrible with names. So I think she really wanted to, like, you know, this woman liked te- or Maddie and thought that, like, she could take care of her kids well enough because she's a mother herself. Mm-hmm. So... She knew the plan. She knew what was going to happen. And she's like, you know what? I want to give them that chance. They're so young. They shouldn't die this way. And I, and go with them, you know? And, like, it was really shitty. It was really shitty of his brother to not let him go. You think so? That's I think so. I, I know, understand he didn't know his mother's plan, but of his, you know, and he, he was, he wanted to go with his dad's plan. But, like... They must have clued him in on what was going on, too. He's old enough to clue him in to give him the choice, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I, I, no, I, and I feel you in what you're saying. Um, also, too, remember, though, when she was asking her questions, she was asking her, oh, so you never taught lower than high school? And, you know, she was trying to see that she even liked kids. And she, remember she made the comment, Maddie made the comment that, you know, I liked them better when they were younger than, you know, right. like when they were older. So. No. Yeah. But, okay. <laughs> I'm a mother. I love my children. My children are young. I have, I have a three children, okay? I have a three-year-old, a four-year-old, and a 14-year-old. So I have an, a large age range of children. And in every stage of their childhood, all kids are assholes at some time. <laughs> It's true. Like, they all are. Every mother in here, you have to fucking admit that. I'm sorry, but it's true. All kids are assholes. Fathers can admit that, too. I'll tell yeah. you, I've, been, I've been called mother a few times, but not in the same sense. But <laughs> it's like, you know, all kids are, are, are butts every once in a while. That's funny. Like, I need some wine, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Being a jerk today. Yeah, but you know though, I get. You know this. This they keep wanting to save people, and honestly, 
Am I? Maybe I'm just cold or evil, but uh, tweeting, I, I don't know if I would have taken their kids. I'd have been like, you know, I mean, you can't be, what you gonna just keep, what are you, the Pied Piper? You can't keep taking people on. Am I cold? Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah, Maddie's in that, in that, oh, she still wants to save everybody mode, and you just can't save everyone. They're on a boat, they have limited resources, and the more people you bring on, that means you have to divide those resources up among everyone. You would thought that from last week, she kind of would have got the hint from when they had all the other people that were on that uh, the capsized boat and Strand just said no we're not bringing on any extra people but she still has not figured it out maybe she's like well they're just little kids they they don't take that much but yeah. at this point it's each man for himself and even Travis said hey we have to take care of our family first we can't be looking after everyone else but like, Terminus said best we, be- we before them or what is it us before them or something yeah. like that <laughs> my, little, my little nephew's nine and he more than all of us so uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My fourteen-year-old will eat you out of house and home. Absolutely, right. he's they, always hungry. Kids be eating, so I don't know what this idea. Uh, of, they don't take a lot. <laughs> well, like Strand said, in other words, kids kids are a burden because one thing they they're still innocent to 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 speak of even in this particular world now. You know they're liable to if they got off the off the boat, and you know they're more likely to walk up to. Uh, well, I mean, like you know, when Harry got off the boat, and you know his mother had changed, you know he he would have run right up to her, and not think twice about it, and that would have ended him. Right. So uh, it's like it's like children of that age are still. In, in, in t- unless you could keep them contained on that island or something until they could get to a, an age where they could understand what's going on, they're they're kind of a burden, big time, big time. You know, you it was it was interesting it. though, in in my opinion, in this episode to see. I mean, we've seen Carl, we saw Lizzie, we've seen Micah, we've seen all these people in the Walking, all these kids in the Walking Dead, and how they interpreted the whole changing of the world. It was interesting to see his take, the little boy's take, you know? All, all these soldiers are, you know, people that we loved, and they fought, but they lost. You know, like, he had that survivor mentality, and it's sad that he had, you know, he probably wasn't going to survive that long, because he had yeah, it in he him. Still, he still didn't fully understand the whole thing of, okay, they're sick, and they got the little red dot. Oh, that's the general, and he's got the, like the little red dot on his head. With, and you know, Nick asked him, "What's that about?" Well, they got sick, mm-hmm. and that's what happens when you get sick. They get the little dot in the head because that's the bullet hole where they got shot. He still doesn't fully understand because he probably hadn't seen anybody get shot. He saw him afterwards. That's like, oh, they're sick now. They have a red dot on their head. He doesn't realize that that's a bullet hole. Whatever, what happened if you ever met a, like an Indian person from India that had a dot? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, he would be so confused. Like, Sorry, Olaf, I was actually thinking the same thing that when uh, when they had the red dots, when they showed the kids, well, I guess the little dolls in the beginning, I'm like, yeah, he's never seen anyone get shot. And I guess at the end, that's why his brother you know, essentially told him, hey, turn away. Don't. You know, keep waving at the boat, and then he heard, hears the shot. Oh, what happened? He turns around, and his mother's laying on the dock. 
Yeah. But he didn't, he's not actually, neither one of the kids I doubt have seen a actual person get shot. Yeah. And, it, and it's his mother, too. You know, yeah, he, right. he got some explaining to do. So, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Like, you know, um, what do you guys think about Travis at this point? Because, you know, I, I, unfortunately for for uh, Travis, he's going to get compared to Rick. And they're two different people. They're t- mm-hmm. two, yeah. two di- definitely two different people. Uh, you know, you know, he's more of an intellectual. You know, he's not necessarily the guy you call to. You know, you know, uh, to clear out. You know, some bad guys or anything. And at some point, he's going to have to get there. And you know, we thought he kind of got there a little bit. You know, when he had his moment in the, the finale of last year. And but it, it seems like he still kind of has a pacifist mentality to a certain degree, even though he's gotten a little bit harder around the edges. Um, so you know, let's let's kind of dissect uh, Travis at this point. Uh, um, anybody who wants to jump in? What do you got? Well, what do you think? Well, like at the there's he kind of went off his went off his uh, rocker a little bit, you know, in last. Uh, last season in the finale, mm-hmm. but that involved you know he went he went berserk on that guy because he threatened his kids, right? And that's why he went after him so hard. It was just like I, you know, it was you know it just it was a parental instinct to beat the crap out of him because he almost you know he almost killed his kids, right? So that's you know that would have been a normal response. You know you gonna you go to, it's like you hurt one of my kids or try to hurt one of my kids badly or try to kill one of my kids. I'm going to beat your ass. You're going to, you're going to get a, you're going to get a whooping. And now what he's doing now, he's kind, he's kind of trying, trying to be like the sort of the moral compass. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, we need to help people, but at least he's smart enough to like in the beginning, we can't take these people on the boat because we don't have enough supplies for them and us. And it's, it, it would ruin us if we, you know, yes, the right thing would be to bring these 10 or 15 people onto this ship so they could survive, but in rescuing them, we're killing ourselves. Right. So he, he's got that kind of like the, the little, he has the moral dilemma going or the moral, trying to take a little bit of the moral high ground, but he's doing it in an intelligent way. He's like, well, yes, we need to help. But we can't help everybody, and we can't help a bunch of people. We might be able to help one or two people along the way. So at least he's kind of thinking in the in in what needs to be thought in the world today. Uh, that's my that's my thought. Is that you know he's kind of the moral compass. He's playing like the mayor, uh, trying to keep everybody happy, and still keep the the town. We'll call Abigail the town keep Abigail moving in a, in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, tweeting, um, you know, his type of leadership, uh, so far, is it something that's going to keep them alive or get them killed? I think eventually it's going to be something that's going to get him killed. I know Olaf was saying, uh, you know, Travis is trying to be that moral compass. And we know that every time when we 
are in the regular Walking Dead, when you become that moral compass, that means you're about to get killed. <laughs> so they're kind of going against the grain as far as having a moral compass actually still be alive. I mean, eventually, he appears to be one of the lead characters in the show, so I think he's going to be there for a while, but right. he's going to have that moment. And I don't know if he's going to lose his son, he's going to lose someone else that gets real close to him, maybe even Maddie, and I think that's going to be that moment where he flips the switch. Now, he may not be Rick. He may become a more Rick light. And in this episode, you can see where where he had, uh, I guess, maybe his dividing line where he talked to Maddie about, OK, we can't bring other people onto the boat. But then yet he still had that that flip side where he was still trying to be the humanitarian, that more compass and try to help and try to help other people out. But at some point, he's going to have to decide which way he wants to go because he can't have it both ways. And if he tries too hard to do it, something's going to end up happening. It's not going to be good for for someone on Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I say he's trying to play like the mayor. In other words, he's he's playing politician, the moral politician. He's trying to keep everybody happy and still do what's right for the the town of Abigail. And that's a perfect way to put it, Olaf. That he is a politician, where Rick is a sheriff. Okay, so he is a little different, and his mentality is a little different because he already saw the worst of humanity before it went to shit. Right. Right. So he's already a little jaded. So that's a little different personality, you know what I mean? But then, you know, Rick was a lot weaker and more humane and a lot nicer and gave people chances. And remember at one point he was even like, never kill the living. We always have to like, you know, like he was, he had more compassion and, you know, cause we're thinking of Rick now, Rick now is savage and evil and mean yeah. and he, wasn't always like that though you know he has he does the right thing he's a good person inside some people are just bad people but rick is a good person inside Mm -hmm. travis is a good person but he communicates what am i gone no oh okay you're saying you were saying bad person i was just (laughs) (laughs) pointing out at you (laughs) naturally bad person right there (laughs) yeah thanks guys love you Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Tori, you're right. When he talked, to, when you said when Rick now versus Rick, I guess in the past is totally different. He had his turning point when they were in the jail and they started facing off against the governor. That was his turning point where he did say, "Okay, screw that. If we gotta kill the living, we gotta kill the living." And you're right, Travis just has not gotten to that point. And hopefully, throughout the season, maybe he'll get to that point where where he's a little bit more calculating, a little bit more crueler because he's got so much to lose at this point, or maybe he's actually lost something by the time he gets there. Now, yeah, yeah. Now, here's my thing, though, is, God forbid, they have to go against a governor type, and he's the leader of this group. You know, will he have a chance to even be successful? Now, one thing he does have an advantage of, he has Daniel, too. So he And that black guy. What's his name? Strand. The Black Strand. Strand. Okay. <laughs> Strand. I forgot, I forgot uh, his name. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he does have them to to kind of lean towards when it comes to, you know, the wartime conciliary, you know, from, uh, from uh, the Godfather, you know. So he does have that advantage. So if it got really thick, he has those two to lean on. But, you oh. know, but I'm still thinking that he's overall going to be in leadership. I'm just get, assuming. So, you know him versus a, a governor like type figure um you know 
and not right now he wouldn't be ready for it but can you see him in the future on the show being read up to you know handle that kind of a uh, force well don't you can right now you kind of see him and yeah he's trying he's being sort of quote quote the leader but he's more of a puppet leader because uh strand is the one that's pulling the uh, is strand is the one that's actually you know you know, making the direction of what they're going to do and right. how they're doing things right now. So he's kind of, he, again, he's the mayor and, you know, Strand is the, you know, he's the puppeteer and he's just letting Travis do his thing to appease everybody else. And Strand and uh, Daniel are the two that are actually, those two are running things. Right. Yeah, well, no, where Travis, their location well, like is and stuff like that. Travis yeah. is just a figurehead. Yeah. So, kind of like the president, really. I mean, think about it. Like, the president has his cabinet, and really, the cabinet is what what, what runs the country. They're, they're right. his advisors and his confidants. He makes his, his, most of his decisions. You know, he has, a, of course, he has his views and inputs because he is the president, but... He literally, all presidents have leaned on their cabinet a lot, you know, in wartime, you know, like, I'm sure Bush went to, uh, what's his name? Satan. Yeah, yeah. And then he was like, well, what do we do now? Like, you know, <laughs> we're in war. I don't know what to do. And, right. you know, they, they told him, like, the strategies and, you know, this is how our military is now, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is what the enemy has, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the vice president and the secretary of state, they all have their places there, which, you know, forming in the United States, when they formed this system was a very genius way of doing it because now they have all these people. And in this situation, Travis seems to have all these people because his wife seems to be, a different viewpoint. Nick is smart. He does seem to have the best mentality to survive this world because he's an addict and he doesn't have, like his life was one fixed to another. So like he'd already have the survivor instinct in him, even though he didn't need to, he didn't need to be on any drugs. He chose to be, but he already he took, like, huh? He took the smart drugs. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he, you know, and he was already a smart guy before all that. So, like, you know, I think that, you know, each one of these characters are going to be, like, our group. And they're going to, all of them together are going to be uh, very useful for each other, not only to survive, but to, like, if you're going to meet somebody like the governor, what to do. Right. You know, Nick might come up with a better plan than Travis. Right. I mean, there there was an instance where you know, Daryl was was Rick's right hand man, and it was kind of like, "Where's Shane?" You know, because like, I'm sorry, but like, Daryl's not very smart. It wouldn't have been a good idea to like lean on him for like whenever they went to Grady Hospital. Like, he didn't really listen to anything Daryl said because Daryl said a plan, and he's like. Eh. Kind of all brawn, dude, you know, like, not going to really listen to you. He made his own shit up, basically, you know, and, like, 
And and same thing, like this group is going to have their differences and they're going to have fights and people are going to be mad at each other. But at the end of the day, they're, they're, they got each other's back. So, yeah. Sorry, I started rambling. Oh, it's okay. We, we're used to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. So I want to go back to the mystery blip on the radar. And um, my first question, I'm going back to Brother Strand is uh do you think he actually knows what it is you know that you know that he's not he's playing like he doesn't know but do you think he knows who it is and knows exactly what the danger is or he's just surmising by the devastation i i think he just has an idea what it is because of what the damage was and also by the size of the ship on the radar Numbers because it's gonna, you know, they, they well on the radar it'll show something there, but it also gives an approximated size of what it is. So he knows it's it's a bigger ship than his. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you all caught in the very beginning of it. That's like the when they were showing the beach scenes, you saw a, a big ship off to the right. Mm-hmm. Did anybody catch that? Besides, yeah, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was a big ship. That was like, you know, almost cruise-sized ship. So that's uh, that would be more like a military. And both like him and Daniel was like, okay, what kind of firepower could do that kind of put that kind of holes? I think I said it last week. I said, that's a fifty caliber, you know, military-grade. That's military-grade weaponry. Well, aren't they like on the path of San Diego? So wouldn't that be, there's a big Navy base in San Diego. So that would make sense if there were Mm -hmm. military people there, you know? Yes. And it's like that. I mean, you could tell by the size of the holes in the boat that it was a, you know, 50 caliber tore through that thing. And that would be, it's like, that would be, uh, like say the, where I said it could have been a plane strafe because the planes carry 50, uh, a lot of times they have a 50 caliber on them. And, you know, deck guns are going to be 50 caliber because they want something that's going to punch a hole through whatever they're shooting at. They don't want to, they don't want to just piss somebody off. They want to annihilate them. So 50 caliber is a good shredder. Yes. So, um, you know, um, I'm really interested to see what it is that, you know, is chasing them. And also too is, uh, what is, uh, what is Strand's actual, you know, plan what has he really got cooked up you know so i don't know we're, we're gonna hopefully find out in the next couple of episodes and how does that affect the group too you know is it something that is putting their lives in jeopardy or is it something that you know you know maybe not i don't know you know so we'll see well like you know they did pick up a lot of information when they stopped on that island for a little bit because that one guy was you know, talking to the other ranger stations, and he said, okay, this one's gone black, this one's gone black, this one's gone black. So that means that every one of those ones that went black has been taken out. So the different areas, okay, this is gone, this is gone, this is gone. And now they have a little better idea of maybe which way to go or not to go. And like Strand wanting to go to San Francisco or San Diego, that's not a place they want to go because it's been wiped out. It's been napalmed, mm-hmm. and they're not just bombing; they're na- they're they're napalming. So it's it'll burn out. You know, they're burning out everything. Now, uh, tweeting. What do you want from this show? 
Like, what do you want from this one that's different from The Walking Dead? What would you like out of it uh, that we're not getting from The Walking Dead? I mean, so far, I think one of the things I saw last week was was one of the cool things where they actually had the uh, the walkers actually in the water. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, outside of that, I mean, we're getting, I guess, the, the West Coast perspective of what actually happened. So for me, that I mean, that's good. But I want to see a little bit more. Maybe they have, you know, some other theories as to how it how it happened, how it got started. I mean, on The Walking Dead, you know, they went to the CDC and they showed that. And that's what I want to find out are is fear of the walking dead are they going to have their cdc type moment where we get a little bit more insight as to why or maybe even how this eventually got started i mean um history that you know hey evolution evolves and you know sometimes it wipes itself out but i think it's going to be a little bit more more complex than that and i want to see if they're going to to get into that type of scenario, even if it's just for a brief moment, because they don't want to tie the show down with a whole bunch of science. But at least if they give us, hey, give me a, a two second, maybe some you know slide throwaway comments that we can say, okay, maybe this is the reason how it could have possibly got started. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would love that, but you know what? I don't. I'm thinking that it's not going to happen because, uh, you know, that was one thing that they were pretty you know, dead set on that they weren't going to give us that. Yeah, they weren't going to let us know how Yeah, 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 that was start. a very big I want thing it, now. though. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, they're going to have to, if they're not going to give us what we want, they're going to have to, you know, I don't know, they're going to have to... We riot! Yeah, we, we, we might have to riot. Like, give us what we want or we riot! Ah. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're going to... Um, so, yeah, we're gonna sign a petition on change.org. Oh, Jesus! Watch us. That's a good idea. <laughs> a good idea. It's, like, it's like we'll we'll give them a break and cut them some slack at the same time. <laughs> 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 so, um, all right. So, you know, I'm looking forward to what's coming up next. And and then you know what? One thing it seems like in that preview that we're gonna get a convergence of the. Um, the the little mini series, the little uh, web series, because we we saw the down plane. I don't know if you saw that in the next on. So I'm assuming that they're going to merge those two storylines. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to I guess I can just go on YouTube, right? And uh, they have all those episodes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yes, I'll be there. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to challenge everybody who ha- if you guys haven't seen it, I haven't seen it yet. To let's try to get caught up on it so that we can kind of understand it because I don't think they're very long, right? Let's see. It's no, I think they're like thirty seconds or something. What's like it that. called? Fear... Yeah, I think it's like flight four sixty two or four fifty two, something like, like that. Flight, yeah, flight something. Oh wow, there's fourteen parts, but uh, they're not very long. Maybe a minute at most, but they're yeah, probably like they, thirty seconds. Because oh, okay. it's like it, it's it can't. It's not more than a minute because they do it during commercial breaks. Okay. Loud, loud, loud. <laughs> All right. You know what we can do is when this is over, if you guys are up for it, uh, I could just play them right here. We can just watch them right here. Uh, Perfect. You know, you guys got 12 minutes to kill. We can definitely do that. So, uh, 
since they're all here. So you're saying all of them running together just run 12 so minutes, or is it less than that? It's 12 minutes all together. All, all together would be about 12 minutes because, you know, even there's 14 of them, like I said, they're only like 30 seconds apiece or a minute, you know, 30 seconds apiece. Somebody, uh, I guess they put to them all together. Seconds. They put them all together on, you know, they edit them all together. So, yeah, we can sit here and watch it. We can watch it right after this, this show. So... Right. I, I I can't. I said I can't. I can't watch the twelve minutes. I can watch ten minutes, but if I watch the full twelve, <laughs> then that goes past my. Par- <laughs> that's beyond my parole thing, so I can't do. The <laughs> you are I hilarious. Wind up, I wanted to back in the can again. You that's are funny. hilarious. I'm gonna call you for, uh, White for Strand. Time. You're White Strand. <laughs> You're White Strand. <laughs> oh, by the way, nice new headphones. Oh, yeah. you got uh, you got new headphones, uh, Olaf, right? Oh, uh, no, headies for a while. Oh, oh you've been on your phone, though, too, a lot, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, then, I'm, on my, I'm on my phone now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, let me... Let oh, me, you have the uh, remote one. Sorry, sorry wireless ones. Let me oh. go to uh, Tweeting. So, how can people get you in social media? In social media, you can find me at OheTweeting on Twitter. And that's O-H-H-E-T-W-E-E-T-I-N. All right, and you, uh, Tori Rush, in your group? You can follow me at Twitter at Rush Tori, and that is T-O-R-Y, Rush, normally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook, Tori Rush. Um, if I don't fr- if I don't accept your friend request, it's just because I think you have a weird profile picture, that's all. <laughs> um, you can also find me in my Facebook group for The Walking Dead, The Infectious Walking Dead. We are super fun. We do spoilers. We, you know, we're still talking about who killed, who did Negan kill, and you know, we're gonna entertain you during this break. And you know, when fear is over, we're going to suffice your your uh, Walking Dead cravings every day. And then you know, we play games and stuff, and it's fun. So please join and. Instagram underscore the infectious fucking dead. All right. Now, Olaf. Well, you can stalk me on both Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it's like, and I'm going to try to start doing a few, uh, some more periscopes. So I'll be on there. Uh, but you can stalk me at all in places uh, at Olaf Barbosa, but just don't stop too close. Don't follow too close because I do get nervous and I do have an itchy trigger finger. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Why am I doing that? Wait. I forgot. I had it. <laughs> you're, you're out of the basement, dude. You got the show. <laughs> I know. I, I, I had it all queued up and everything, too. That came and everything. Oh, boy. It's a, it's, oh, boy. I can't. I have no excuse, too, for my, my sickness. Oh. Uh, he turns into the Hulk when he's mad. <laughs> you can follow me at KentaF. <laughs> and uh, programming note: this Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, is the official, the official Spotlight Season 12 premiere. Uh, we will be doing the Comic Book Hero Madness Tournament Yay! bracket. We'll be unveiling each bracket. Nice. And uh, I won last year, guys. To Sam, yeah, yes, you did. Your your character did definitely won. Yeah, you can't. That means you can't participate. This year. You won last year. <laughs> no, that means I'm the reigning winner. Rainbow, <laughs> I have to hold my seat. Who was it? Rainbow Bright, right? Who won, hey, <laughs> so who did you win with, Tori, last year? Uh oh, dang, who was 
the you know Thundercats. What? Uh, yeah, uh, Lionel. Yeah, it was Lionel. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I forgot for a second. I, was like, I know, I forget too, and I did the tournament. So, you know, there were so many that we did, though. God, like, we yeah, went through I'll so never many. do. I'll never do. Uh, we did like two simultaneous brackets because somebody, Oof. yeah. Was, uh, so somebody has idea to do brackets. So we're just gonna do one sixty four bracket. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, it's comic book heroes. Uh, Batman, Superman, everybody's all in it. So, uh, you definitely want to check that out. So that's this Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. All right. So we will see you next week right here on IndieRadio.org. Peace.